The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, helping fans get in on the game and our favorite chip and our favorite dip of Talking Cowboys. Welcome in, everybody, in the virtual, again, SWBC studios. And Chris Beam is back at the Star in Frisco here with Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback. No Rob Phillips at the moment. He may join us a little bit later on, but most likely we'll see Rob tomorrow. Gentlemen, it's day two of being virtual virtual again, I should say. And uh, I'm not going to say I love it, but at least we had a fun show yesterday. And today, Isaiah, we get to talk about a little Cowboys defense again, taking on that Cardinals offense. Uh, I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready for it. You know, our offense guys has the ball out, and the defense is pretty good. They're already balling out. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for this though. I, I want to know what Heckman has to say though. <laughs> Well, this is what I got to say. This virtual thing, you know, we all got involved like this last year in 2020. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You know, this is just driving me nuts, man. I'm agreeing with Isaiah too much virtually. (laughs) You got to clash a little bit in in, in studio. He makes so much sense. He makes so much sense, man, when he's coming through my bows. You know what I mean? I agree with that. <laughs> we need, hey, by the way, we need to have a conversation with Bowles. Why do they leave us? I feel I feel left right now. Oh, as a sponsor, like yeah, Reeds? yeah. What's up with yeah, that? Well, we've got Caliber Collision and Essilor. We've got. I'm, I mean, I'm not mad at our current ones, but I'm just I just feel I feel left behind that like Bowles is searching for something that they already had. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's like a symphony in your head, right? It's like, it's like a, it is. It is. I love it, man. And I'm and I'm happy now that Isaiah has his own. So we don't have to hear about this each and every time that he doesn't have his bowls. Oh my God. They finally got him some. Just saying. DE, shout out to Derek Eagleton, whose birthday was yesterday. But you know, hey, I appreciate you, DE. Thanks for hooking your boy up so I'm not out here with the with the gamer headsets. Even though I know Chris Beam uh love my gaming headsets, I know these these look a little bit more official and team oriented. Chris Beam's gaming headsets 100% trumped whatever you were working with. I guarantee <laughs> that. It wasn't even close. The I mean, disrespect. you should see the rig that Chris Beam's working with on the Xbox night in and night out. That guy does That's not ridiculous. take it halfway. Does not take it, it halfway. It really speaking is kind of, of ridiculous. Speaking of Xbox, though, we do, we can't start this show without taking some time uh. to to recognize a legend and to remember... A legend. John Madden, legendary coach, innovator, broadcaster, list goes on and on about John Madden. He passed away yesterday at the age of 85. And honestly, it's a it's a hard hit for for me personally. It's a hard hit for really most football fans out there because a lot of their earliest memories 
of football surround John Madden, really from the get-go, generation after generation, has already been influenced by his influence and his love for the game, and it really has grown the game of football to a whole new level. So I wanted to take a moment and kind of ask you guys, and I'll start with Hekma, what did John Madden mean to you specifically, and, and what kind of impact did he have on, on your life, and what will you remember from his legacy? Man, it just, you know, what John Madden reminds me of my childhood, um, reminds me of my grandfather, really, you know, uh, watching football games with my grandfather, who really is the one that uh, introduced me uh, to football and his love and passion. And he loved John Madden uh, and just how animated he he was calling games and we would laugh you know, I bust off during games just with him and his sound effects, the boom, 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 you know, and stuff like that, you know, doing games, you know, as a, as a color analyst, he was just so magnificent at translating what was happening on the field to any type of what, you know, viewer, uh, his, his football knowledge and IQ. He just was a football guy that could relate everything. Um, didn't matter if it was the telestrator or what it was, you know, he could relate it. And I just remember, man, Cowboys games, uh, you know, Thanksgiving games specifically when he would bring out the turducken and describe what a turducken uh, was and big old <laughs> Nate Newton with the, the turkey legs. And that's just like I said, it's just really a part of my, really a part of my childhood. But, but Kyle and Isaiah, what I've learned, man, and from losing people, losing heroes, losing people that you admire, that you got, you have to celebrate all of the great things that they are and were uh, in your life, you know, period. And he left so many great memories behind for us to celebrate. And man, I just think that those are the things that are so important uh, when you lose somebody as legendary as John Madden. And, and in this day and age, man, we use the word legend and goat way too much, right? Because uh, he personified what uh, legend was all about. And John Legend for me, he, he was a legend, obviously. Uh, but John, sorry, but John, well, you see it, where you see where my mind's at. John, John Madden to me is, is a legend. And from that, from that standpoint, as a child, I didn't play a lot of football growing up. So my introduction really to football was playing Madden. And obviously I learned about who he was, um, through that experience, uh, playing video games, going back and seeing his impact on, on the Raiders organization, seeing his impact in the booth. Uh, I love the fact that you guys know I'm not one to, to be bougie and do things like, like most people do it. I, I like throwing my own little curve on, on, on a curveball onto things. And, and that's what he did. And he left, he left his impact every time you heard him, uh, announce a game. He, you, there was something that you took away. There's one thing to talk and just talk and talk and talk and give great information, but it's also another thing to do that and give somebody little nuggets that they always remember, whether it's a little saying, whether it's a phrase, whether it's a, a sound effect. And that's what I loved about him because that, that's kind of, that's kind of my style. And I, and I learned a lot of that from, from him. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be the same as everybody else. Um, and, and he was okay being an individual in that, in that regard. Uh, everybody I know who's encountered him had a high regard, had a high respect for him. And it's really kind of eerie how, how his passing just occurred because last week, um, actually last Sunday during the game, Nate pregame, Nate and I were having a conversation about Madden because I think they were, they were doing his special. So it, it came up and we, Nate and I had started having conversations about how amazing he is, the impact he 
has and and how Nate was actually planning on going to spend some time with him this offseason um, mm. because they, they needed to catch up. And then this obviously just occurred. So, um, you know, shout out to, to, to John Madden and everything that he's done for the game of football. Shout out to all the lives that he's impacted and all the opportunities that he's created as well. Yeah, the All Madden special that aired on Fox on Christmas Day, I, I saw a lot of reaction to that. And and it was it was even before this news talking about the impact that he did have. And arguably, there are a lot of people who have had impacts on the NFL and on the sport of football. But he's up at the top of that list, if not number one on that list. I mean, he could be argued to be the most impactful man over the last... 40 years, 45 years in the game of football and the way that he has impacted and grown the game at new levels. And it really is a phenomenal legacy that he is leaving behind. And it's a, a loss that the football world is going to mourn for, for quite some time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the stories that are going to be shared surrounding his legacy. And, and of course, the tributes that will soon be followed by that, whether it be on the NFL field, on broadcast. And then, of course, I'm sure whenever the Super Bowl rolls around there's going to be some sort of of talk of john madden because that guy uh that legend john madden uh made such an impact for so many people surrounding this sport and so he will be dearly missed but we had to start that off and and talk a little bit about john madden and i'm sure uh we'll have rob give his impacts uh from madden himself at some point down the line but let's talk about this cowboys game and this matchup coming up this week i mean This is an Arizona Cardinals team that is a bit desperate at the moment. They've lost three straight games. They've lost five of their last eight in a team that's still fighting for an opportunity to win their division. They have not wrapped up the NFC West. If anything, they are not in the driver's seat anymore because of this recent struggle. And Isaiah, when you look at this Cardinals team, what has changed the most for you when you look at a team that was 7-0 on top of the world and then all of a sudden has pitter-pattered down the stretch? They're missing their number one threat. <laughs> this is pretty pretty simple. D Hop's not there, and they're they're missing him tremendously. They don't have another dominant receiver that's on their roster. This roster was really um, really cultivated around D Hop and Kyler Murray. Those were the two guys that they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna build this franchise around. And when you're missing one of those two elements, and one's dependent on the other. Yeah, you're asking other guys to step up and fulfill that role, and nobody in this league can step up and fulfill those those shoes um, of D Hop. But you know these guys these guys have have a have a have a pretty good running game. They have they have their two headed monster back. Um, their defense is starting to to play well as as they always have, um, and they're they're trying to piece it together. And I think that they will piece it together, but but just not to the levels that they were when when obviously they were at full steam. No, Cliff, uh, yes, Cliff Kingsbury's squads for the last three years have started fast. You know, at the beginning of the season, that's why everybody's like, Super Bowl is going, going through Arizona. And then something midseason, I don't know what it is. It just seems like they start trending uh, down. Maybe it's just the division that they're in, the divisional games, and they just get tougher at the end of the season. 
injuries, all of those things. But, you know, you're looking at a team, and just to piggyback off of what Isaiah said, you know, they're trending in the wrong direction uh, at this point. And at injuries and, and everything, you look across the league and just see how injuries have affected them. But they've had guys try to pull up the slack. And Christian Kirk, uh, mm -hmm. they have a guy in Moore, and I'm sure you know a lot about him, Kyle, from the, from the draft from yeah. Purdue, the speedster. Uh, and, and so they're putting it together, even with DeAndre Hopkins' absence. But Isaiah, you're right. <laughs> they are missing. They are missing D Hop uh, for real. And AJ Green, which is really kind of trippy to me, because AJ Green is one of few receivers in the league that has 10,000 receiving yards. He, you know, he's been ten-year vet. And his production right now, I mean, it's obviously he's he's having a little bit of a better year now that D Hop is, is has been gone and the balls have, more balls have come to him, but he just isn't the same uh, AJ Green that you remember from Cincinnati. But one of the things that this defense has to do is be mindful of the fact that he is still AJ Green. So you have to still watch him. You still have to keep your eye on him. But for this defense, for us, it's just going to be uh, mitigating, making sure that we don't give up the big play. And we remember October 19th from 2020, uh, Kyler Murray put it on us, man. And that is the guy that we have to circle, highlight, and underline. Yeah, I think that's a great point because when you look at this Arizona offense, you still see plenty of weapons. You see Kyler Murray. You see James Conner, should he be healthy? Same thing with Chase Edmonds. And then A.J. Green on the outside. Rondell Moore on the other side. And then Christian Kirk. They have guys to get the football to. So, Isaiah, why, why have they been so one-dimensional through these last couple weeks without DeAndre Hopkins? I know DeAndre Hopkins is that number one receiver, but is there a reason why they've seen such a massive drop-off in that production? I, I just had, I think you contributed to identity, huh? I mean, that that D-Hop was such a portion of their identity that when you remove him out the equation, now all of a sudden you're searching. And I'm not sure if, if Clingsbury or anybody else that's, that's helping and contributing to the play calling over there has necessarily wrapped their mind around that, that, hey, you're not going to find somebody that does what he does. So figure out something else, <laughs> right? It's kind of like when, when Coop is gone uh, from, from the Cowboys, like you don't have your main dude out there. He's not there. Now you have some other guys that are complimentary and that can do some do some things as well, but you have to put them in an the environment to do what they do successfully, not the, not put them in into Coop's uh, shoes and expect them to do Coop things. So I think that that's what they're still trying to wrap their mind around. And they're really starting to try to lean on the running game um, in the in the pass game. And now, Kyler, you're starting to see Kyler Murray really start to take it on his shoulders as well and, and start to use his feet again. And I think the, you know, you're absolutely right, uh, Isaiah. But I, I, and when I think about DeAndre Hopkins, it's just he's just not a one-trick pony. He's mm -hmm. not a guy that you have some receivers in the NFL. All they could do is go routes. All they could do is the little small intermediate routes. Uh, he does it all. You know, crossing, does slant, all of those things he does. And that's a big miss uh, for them. You got to understand, like, for, for Cliff Kingsbury, he has a, a, the, the kind of offense that when he has a, a – uh, a weapon uh, like Hopkins, he's going to make sure that he gets every mismatch in your secondary for number 10. And without him, you could tell like they are missing that piece. But 
you got we also have to give credit you know also have to mention that Collar hasn't been Murray hasn't been healthy this season at all and with his with his health you can see the decline in their offensive production he's tried to just kind of muscle through some of those things but a guy his size really is harder for him to come out there 70 percent you really need him to be a hundred percent because of all the other things that he brings uh, to the game. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, over the last four games, one and three for the Arizona Cardinals, and they've only had 21 points per game, which is an offense that's still top 10. They're actually eighth in the NFL in total offense yeah. at the moment, and they're 10th they're in passing, 10th in rushing. So that balanced attack is there. But you're right. It, it's kind of like Dak Prescott in a way. Now, the Cowboys were still able to win games when Dak Prescott was either muscling through injuries or just didn't look right fundamentally but heck when you brought up Kyler Murray is he's still the right man for that that position I mean I guess that's that's an easy answer in that case, <laughs> yes <the> right <laughs> but with that being is he in a position now to still be a threat is really what I should ask because this is a team that's still going to the playoffs for the first time since 2015 they still have the numbers offensively is he a threat to this Cowboys defense that is still firing on all cylinders the answer is yes. And uh, yes. And look, I'm reminded, I, I went back and watched the game from last year and oh, gosh, oh, I had to watch that off, boy. Because Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. Well, I just wanted to see uh, just what the scheme was uh, to try and uh, attack him. And our plan of action was to have Jalen Smith spy Kyler Murray. <laughs> How did that go? It didn't work out. It didn't work out. And, uh, you know, his ability, he's, he's a magician in the read option. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, you don't know if he has the ball or not, and he is just uncanny. It just seems like for every one step the defender takes, he's taking like six steps. And so we have to make sure that we maintain the edge and not allow Kyler Murray to get out uh, on us. Um, we have to keep a spy on him and I feel better about our spies that we have now uh, whether we go uh, with, with guys like Ken O'Neill or if we go with Michael Parsons uh, again I just feel as though the pressure that we're going to be putting on him is going to be hard uh, for him and we talked about this yesterday if we go after him you go to get home you better get home you better not miss him because if by bringing that pressure he still has that ability to get outside and you know I've heard you say this before uh, Isaiah about you know quarterbacks the height and all that stuff doesn't matter uh, but you see w what Arizona does for him because of his maybe height disadvantage they keep him in the shotgun they really try to roll him out and create that space for him for his launching points uh, but Kyler Murray has a, has a big arm, man. And, and Kyle, you and I both know, man, this dude is a Texas high school football legend. And the things that he did in high school, he's just transferred all of that to the NFL. And it's really kind of just, like I said, it's just one of those amazing things to watch. He's a special, he's a special athlete. He's dominant. Y'all already know. Uh, but <laughs> there should be nobody disrespecting this man or his name. He, the, the way he's capable of doing if you choose, if you choose to step on the field and 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 act as if he's just like every other quarterback that you faced up to date, you will be hurt. You will be hurt. And even though he doesn't have his number one receiver, he still has a lot of guys and that backfield's getting healthy. So the things that they do with him in the shotgun, heck, right? The zone, the zone reads, the the sprint outs. 
the yeah. the bootlegs, the the you know, the simply just sitting back and just trying to throw the ball over your head. You have to take the approach of do we want to pressure this guy, or do we want to just sit back and too high and negate his ability to throw the ball down the field? Like what what what's the approach we want to take? Because we've seen him just take off for sixty yards on Indianapolis last week like it was nothing. I don't know why they didn't put his speed on there like they do everybody else, but the boy had to hit twenty miles per hour. Easily. Yeah. And, what, would, uh, what would you do? If you were if you were making that same decision, what would you do? Right now, with their receivers, I'm playing single high. And I'm gonna play five men underneath, and I'm gonna ensure that there's always a man in that zone or in that area that if he should should he choose to try to cross the line of scrimmage at any point in those fifty three and a half yards, there's gonna be somebody within five yards of him. And I would say that their D, their their receivers can't beat our DBs, and I would call our DBs out. I would say that our defensive front has been kicking butt every single week, giving you guys opportunities. Now I need you guys to go out here and just simply take these guys out the game. And I would say I would challenge Diggs. I would challenge A. Brown. I would challenge J. Lou if he's back. All these guys, I say step up, shut these guys down, because we need to ensure that he doesn't beat us with his feet. That's that's high IQ football right there. Talk right there, Isaiah. That's uh, you know, and but see the thing about it is, if I was in the studio with you, I would uh, disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would completely disagree. Well, if you agree now, Heckma, who would you put as that guy who's spying? Who would you put as the guy who, if Kyler Murray were to get past the line of scrimmage, who's the guy you want to stop him? Man, I would put, you know, my guy Cramilton Curse on him. I would put, mm. uh, I would put Curse around him. Uh, and I already said Ken O'Neill. The thing is, is that we can't change our spots for him. Uh, we have to come after him. And, and, I, and I agree with Isaiah with the single high look. I would definitely crowd the line of scrimmage and dare them to do certain things. You, they know right now when they're doing their film study that the Dallas defense is coming and they're going to be applying pressure. We're going to smoke them out. And those outlets, we got to make sure that we have a defender in his face so that he doesn't create those big plays with his legs. But he's also, his vision is uncanny and has a great arm. So that's, there's the challenge that Isaiah is talking about for the DBs is and that's the pressure these guys at the line of scrimmage they're going to try and get the ball out quick I don't see them doing it any other way and so if they do that that's going to give guys like Trayvon Diggs an opportunity to take one to the house because you know he's, he's glitchy you know he will jump your route but that's the same thing that makes them susceptible on the back end as well and maybe that's where that zone protection helps well, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, I want to keep this conversation going because I like the thought process here because if we want to look at it, the Cowboys haven't faced a dual-threat quarterback at the same caliber as Kyler Murray all year long, and arguably the last guy that they faced had a pretty good game against them, and we'll tell you who that was and how they can stop it and slow down potentially the best road team in the entire NFL when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's a great people, great pay replay here on Talking Cowboys. You've heard it already. The Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay and apply right now at jobsatcaliber.com. That's jobs at caliber.com. Why do you look so upset, Isaiah? I, I couldn't find anything remotely that can that even remotely looks like Rob P's wallet. I mean, the closest thing I have is this charging thing, and that's not even it. I have to add this on top of it, and I mm. and I don't even know. Maybe even my mouse. How about that? Is that better? Yeah. That's about it. That's about the thickness of it. Okay, that, that works. works. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Every my Bible is across the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sitting on the desk o- 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 over yonder in the study for Heckler yes. Harrison. <laughs> Oh, yeah. second segment here of Talking Cowboys. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam back at the star running things as usual. And we, we were just talking about Kyler Murray and kind of bringing his threat back into the, the forefront for this Dallas Cowboys yeah. team. And the Cowboys haven't really faced a mobile quarterback since week three of the NFL season. And that was Jalen Hurts, of course, of the Philadelphia Eagles, who they'll face next week. So they'll see dual-threat quarterbacks in the final two weeks of the season because when you go down the list, Carolina, no. New York, no. New England, not so much. Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City is probably the second best there with, with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to escape, but he's not necessarily using All his right. speed as a weapon in that offense to gain yardage, and that's what Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts have done, but you go back to the stat line from that game in week three, Jalen Hurts had a 326 passing yards, couple touchdowns, couple interceptions as well, but he only had nine carries for 35 yards. So Isaiah, I ask you the question, do you feel confident in the way that the Cowboys defense can slow down a dual threat rusher uh, or a dual threat quarterback as they haven't really faced one since week three? Yes. And the reason being is this defensive front. I'm not, as a former running quarterback, a quarterback who can threaten you on the ground, the only thing that ever gave me any issues was interior defensive line pressure. Defensive ends running around me, eh, 
doesn't bother you, right? You can step up in the pocket. But when you can't step up in the pocket, that's when there's a problem. Gallimore, Tristan Hill, Goldston, all our big boys up front, okay? Odigizua. Those boys are going to be the ones that are going to present the most mayhem for Kyler Murray in this offense because of that internal pressure. When you start thinking about how does Dan Quinn create pressure? Well, he likes to line four guys up on a line of scrimmage and bring Parsons over that over the guard. Okay, well, where's the most of that pressure been coming from? Ah, D-Law at, on, on, uh, in the inside. Parsons on the inside. That internal pressure has given a lot of people problems, a lot of quarterbacks in his league issues, but it also gives these running type quarterbacks a lot of issues because it really makes them uncomfortable. Um, they'll they'll try to step up and step out, which is why I said you need some guys all the way across their 53 and a half yards so that no matter where they, he decides to go, there's somebody there. You have to rely on your defensive backs to do what they do, and hopefully when he decides to cross the line, you take a shot at him and you make him, you make him reconsider that ever again. Yeah. No, no, I just, um, in my evaluation of Kyler Murray, you know, Isaiah, I think he's one, because of his, uh, because of his height, he doesn't like to step up in the pocket. He wants to get outside of the pocket. And so I think for Dan Quinn, bringing pressure for one side, that's why I say smoke him out, you know, make sure this guy is going to dictate his direction, basically bring pressure from one end and have guys waiting on him on the other end. But you're, but, but you're absolutely correct. This interior defensive line, guys like Osa Digizua, uh, like, you know, guys that we have have to get that pressure. Uh, Neville Gallimore getting pressure up the middle to flush him out um, because, again, he's so far back off the ball. And once he gets the snap, he's already backing up looking uh, to get the pass off. So that's why I feel like getting that pressure off the edge, forcing him to, to relegate to one side uh, is going to be impactful for the Dallas Cowboys defense. But on the back half of our defense, that's where a lot of this is going to be come down uh, in, in how we defend and. And Trayvon Diggs, he's given up some big plays, but obviously we understand that he's going to gamble. He's going to he's going to take an opportunity uh, to get you know get interceptions, and the same thing would be applied for Anthony Brown. It's going to be very important for him to stay on, but also our safeties in the back, the, the zone coverage. We're going to have to make sure that we stay true to it. We just can't punch ourselves out in this game. We can't. You know, we can't get to the point where, you know, we've thrown everything at him and he's just willing and dealing anyway. So, you know, making sure that we stay disciplined, staying in our lanes and whether we have Michael Parsons or whomever we have spying him, we have to stay disciplined uh, in our lanes. Because of the pressure that Arizona is anticipating here, Heckma, and the way that they're game plan kind of surrounds Kyler Murray and the way that he can move and, and get out of the pocket. Do you expect quicker passes? Do you expect a little bit more of that underneath game from Arizona? Not necessarily, especially without DeAndre Hopkins, not necessarily testing the deep ball, more so keeping it 15 yards in. Uh, do you feel like there's an opportunity there for the Cowboys secondary to shine some more or does that play against their strengths whenever you look at that game plan? And, and I say, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I just feel like when you play, when you face an athletic, aggressive defense, uh, the thing is to get them going side to side to start your game. You know, um, screens are going to be very important. So, Kyle, when you talk about those quick throws that they make, I think they'll be trying to do set up wide receiver and running back screens uh, to get this defense running. Um, that's going to be the things that's going to uh, be, you know, it's going to make them uh, have any success uh, starting out because they can't go with the, 
you know, waiting on go routes to open up. There's too much pressure going to be there. So once they get, and that's why I say don't punch ourselves out, because if we're applying pressure and he's still able to will and deal and will and deal and he's able to pick up 15, 16 yards on just screens, that opens up everything else. And so I think the biggest thing for us, Kyle, is tackling. We've had games where we've missed yeah. tackles. Uh, you can't miss tackles in this game. We've had those, you know, the Denver Broncos game to be one uh, in particular. We just can't have a repeat of that. And I think we've healed a lot of that. Uh, but when you talk about how mobile Kyler Murray is and just the quick throws, I think that's what they have to be thinking about going into this matchup. I agree. I agree with both of you guys. I believe that they're going to try to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers as quickly as possible because of this, because of this pressure that the defensive front has been showing. This isn't, this isn't, hasn't been a one game or two game thing for our defense. These guys have been showing up consistently. So you know it's real. And, and Kyler Murray and, and, and Kingsbury, all these guys, they all know that it's a real threat that they have to worry about. And it's not just one guy. It's different when you go into a game, you're like, okay, we have to worry about this guy and this guy. If we can take care of them, then we're good. Yeah. Not with this defense. So when you're when you're facing a defense that's playing with a motor like these guys are are um are doing right now, you have to get the ball out quickly. So that means get the ball in Isabella's hands, get the ball in Kirk's hands, running them on those quick screens and trying to get those four or five yards. It, they, obviously, they're going to try to establish a running game, but if they can't, they're going to be trying to get that thing out to the side and get you running and use your aggressiveness against you. That's the one thing that, uh, that obviously Dan Quinn, I would assume, is cautioning his defense of and say, don't be overly aggressive because when you're overly aggressive, you know, you're, you know, your confidence is coming, right? You're balling out. You're destroying people. So every time you come off the ball, you got your 25 snaps and you're like, ooh, here we go. It was one of my 25. And you're going, you're running like a madman. Now you're so in intent on making a play that you sometimes forget your responsibility and that's when they can use that against you and they hit you with the old rope adult get it out to their guys and they, and they go get good you know a two yard a two yard you know gain really turns into like a 15 or 20 yard gain and then you start focusing on getting out there guarding those guys and that's when Kyler Murray can come and bite you in the butt yeah, that's why I say don't punch yourself out. You know, yeah. don't punch yourself out. <laughs> stay disciplined. Stay in your lane. You know, make sure that you're not being that guy. And I'm sure Dan Quinn is saying the same thing, man. Look, stay in your lanes. Don't overcommit. Because the last game that we played, they, man, these guys were running double reverses on us, man. <laughs> Just getting our, getting our defense to go to one side and come back to the other. I, obviously, I think things have changed tremendously, and they won't try that. But still, uh, the defense has to stay committed. Yeah, but but to that point, but to that point, hey, if you're if they if they get our defense going side to side and looking, okay, hey, where's the ball going? He's going over there, going over there. They can't go where, they can't go forward. So that's the, that's the thing that they're gonna do to try to slow down this rush. And I didn't say blitz, right? I said rush of our defensive front because they are all getting pressure. And, and kind of keeping along the same lines of this, I mean, you guys talked about tackling earlier. Heckman, you mentioned that tackling was a big concern of you, especially with somebody as slippery as Kyler Murray and yeah. Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Those three guys were are known for slipping out of tackles and being able to, to keep their elusiveness going. Now, it, there are not a ton of things to nitpick on this defense over the last four weeks, five weeks of the season. But through this four-game winning streak, I mean, they're averaging 14 points per game allowed, I believe. Ten, They're plus 10 in the turnover differential. Is tackling the number one improvement you want to see from the defense, or is there something else that might be bothering you, Heck? 
Look, I've already seen it, and I only I only point out the tackling portion because that was something that plagued us through the middle of the sure. season. I just don't want that bad habit to rear its ugly head again in this game <laughs> because you can't afford it. And, you know, we've seen them come up against the likes of Jalen Hurts when you say, you know, the, we're facing a, a mobile quarterback since week three. This gives us that opportunity, right, to, to make sure that even going into the playoffs, we may face a, a, another mobile uh, quarterback, some mobile quarterback. So, Look, I just think our defense right now, these guys are firing on all cylinders. They have everything going their way. Um, you know, when, when third down, dip, the third downs, getting off the field on third down, the points given up, this just says to me that this is a bend but don't break style. And when you look at Trayvon Diggs and the amount of yards that he's given up as a cornerback, but still his ability to create those interceptions – you know, it look it just it just spells to how different offenses are these days, but also how different defenses are uh, as well. But I think the tackling woes to your original question. I think we've already healed those. Good. I agree. I don't I don't I don't know what I will put my finger on in terms of this defense and what they need to improve upon drastically over these next few games. I do believe that they're still giving up big plays. I, I do believe that teams still feel confident uh, to be able to come in and throw against us, even though there's a threat of getting interceptions. I, you know, I think they're really willing to play those those odds. You know, if we throw the ball. Why 40, is that, though? Why is that? Why do you have yeah, they haven't really teams. given up the big play a whole lot since what? Week 12, week 13? I know, but statistically, when, when you're looking at, you know, I'm not a big stats guy, but when you're looking at their stats, they're still 27th in the league in big plays, mm-hmm. right? They're still 27th. I mean, they're first on third down. They're up there, when, on, obviously, in obviously a turnover, on number one in the turnover as well, but they just got to shoot your shot. I mean, you know, to, like, yeah. most people aren't going to go into a fight scared. You you respect it, but I'm not going to go into it scared. So if I throw the ball 40 times a game, I, yeah, two of those might get got, but guess what? I still got 38 other opportunities that can turn into something major. So this is a roll of the dice, man. You know, this the, the strength of this defense right now is in the front seven. So I'm not going to come into this game thinking that I'm going to bully, bully these guys. So what's the best thing I can do? Try to protect it up, get it out to my to my playmakers, let them run with the ball. Because like Heck said, bend but don't break. Okay, well, let them boys bend then. Let them bend. Let's bend it like Beckham all the way down the field. And then once I get down the field, now it's my responsibility as an offensive coordinator to put my guys in a position to score a touchdown. And hopefully we score enough to go ahead and negate what, what, what Dallas does. That's the approach that teams are taking. And Dallas has just been winning um, winning their, their portion of the hands they're giving. Man, and just thinking about that defense in that front seven going after Kyler Murray, we mentioned it yesterday. That third down with the defense front, uh, defensive front, is the most entertaining part of football games right now. And I think this is going to be as good as it gets. I think between the the Cardinals and the Cowboys prior to the playoff time, of course, because then mm-hmm. it'll get even better than that moving forward. But when we come back here on talking Cowboys, is this the best home team? in the NFL facing the best road team in the NFL coming up on Sunday we'll answer that and much more when we come back with more Talking Cowboys Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping The Starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full sized intense therapy lip balm Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone new and existing customers get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? 
because you deserve it for turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor on Talking Cowboys. There's, is that <laughs> Isaiah? I don't, I don't know if that's helpful <laughs> at the barbecue, Isaiah, just yet. Nah, that's no, a, no. no. That, was, that was Red Riding Hood right there. <laughs> it, anybody who wears that on the tip of their nose like that, you got to watch out for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> Isaiah Sandback, Heck Harrison, Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeoman's final segment here, Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, as always, virtual again today. Also, some breaking news as of the last 30 minutes or so. Dak Prescott named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So, QB1 right. getting Ooh. some oh, NFC man. Offensive Player you, you. of the Week honors. Oh. What was that? Whew. Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long ways from where he was. Whew. No, I just he just said breaking news last time, and he's led with Dak. I'm like, what happened? Oh, oh I see what you're saying. I, oh, oh. my bad. Oh, oh. Good, good breaking news this time. All right, all right. Jeez. Good. So I should I should preface it by saying positive news instead of breaking news, but yes. Yeah, my bad, my bad. But yes, Dak Prescott, fifth time in his career that he has won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and he's got uh, he's got this thing rolling at home. Thirty four points per game, over four hundred and twenty five total yards per game at home this season. Both of which are numbers that are best in the NFL. And then you also look at the Cardinals, though they are seven and one on the road, best road record in the NFL and they average over 30 points per game and two and a half takeaways per game in the NFL, which are both good enough for top three. So heck my, I ask you, is this the best home team in the league facing the best road team come Sunday afternoon? I mean, I think based off of those statistics that you just brought up, that yes, uh, if they are seven and one on the road, uh, the Cardinals are, and we are dominating with our numbers at home. So, you know, I welcome it. And based off of the last game, 
hey, we, we have a bit of a home field advantage with the crowd, man. If, if we could show up like we did versus the Washington football team, I think that – and Dak even talked about that, how it, the defense was energized by that and it, it, it you know, caused so many problems for the other team because of the noise. We have to keep that going, especially through the playoffs, having that home field advantage. But I love the way that we produce. Now, here's the other thing about it, man. We've got to figure out how to get this thing going – uh, strong on the road as well because we're going to have to win. Uh, we may have to win uh, a road playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Were you at the game on Sunday? Did you I, was I was not. Oh, okay. I was not. I was okay. not, but I, I was, was definitely ask hearing you, it. What? I thought you did go. I thought you did go, and I, I was going to ask you how it compared in terms of the, the atmosphere because that's, that's everything that I've heard from you, from everyone else that actually that, that went to the game because I had some friends that went as well, and they said it was as loud as they've ever heard it in that building, and that's pretty impressive seeing that uh, they've still yet to have playoff games there in, in, uh, at least here this season. So Isaiah, same thing, talking about the best home team and best mm-hmm. road team in the NFL, what what makes the Cardinals so successful on the road? And uh, like Heckman was saying, how do the Cowboys somehow emulate that later on? I have no idea what makes them so successful, but I do know that I am finally excited that Dallas has home field advantage again. And I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm not talking about the seedings. I'm talking about the fact that when they show up to AT&T Stadium, that joint is rocking. Because because for a long time there, AT&T Stadium had went to. The the bougies the the bougie I needed the yeah the pinky in the yeah exactly I needed old Texas Stadium at home field advantage that's when that's what I'm used to I'm used to that place rocking people out there kicking it all day drinking their Miller lights up there Stone Cold Steve Austin in it and then when they get in there they go in there and go ham and that's the home field advantage every time there's a big play made on defense every time there's a score on offense. The crowd goes wild, and you feel that as a player. You want that. You you yearn for that as a player. And now these guys are starting to have that same feeling at AT&T Stadium. So I, I want to say thank you, fans. Keep doing what you're doing because it has a direct impact on the play of these players that step on the field. Does that kind of go back to what we talked about yesterday, Heckmo, about how there is a special feel to this season? Do you feel like that's why this is starting to crescendo as opposed to maybe a 2018 season that you made the playoffs, but it still didn't necessarily feel like this? Yeah, I think people just been waiting, man. You know, you're just not sure about the team. Are they what you think they are? And then finally, they start to show you. I mean, we're 11 and four. And what else? You know, we have number one on offense. The defense is starting to round into shape. You know, I I personally was ticked off about the Denver game, uh, the home game, when I saw a lot of orange out there. But obviously, enough complaints was made. That that has changed. Home field is ours, and defensively, defensively, I think that impacts them uh, so much. And, man, it's just – it's just good to see, right? It's just good to see where we are right now going through these next two games and finishing out. Right now, I mean, you couldn't imagine this team at the beginning of the season – Possibly being thirteen and four. I mean, just think about that. Think about what you what you went through last year and just the complete just one eighty from where you were uh, last season. This is a, this 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 team has been revamped, retooled, or whatever reword you want to use. When's the last time the Cowboys were thirteen and three? I know my rookie year they're thirteen yeah. and three. Well, is that in, or twenty sixteen? Wasn't sixteen? Okay, was it 07 That's the last one. It was 07? Yeah. 
Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, Dax, 16. My bad. That's 16. What I'm saying. Okay. 2016. How how does it feel? You guys know better than me. How does it this feel in comparison to that year? Oh. I think it Man, feels better because you have a defense. I I mean, that offense was was next level, and the way that those those guys were firing on all cylinders with Prescott and Zeke and and then Dez. I mean, they were rolling, but that defense was still good. But they weren't this good, and and that's yeah. what I think is different about this season is, <laughs> is that 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 defense. It was kind of what we talked about in the, in training camp was if you had a mediocre defense and a top level offense, you still have a chance to win a lot of football games, and they did. I wouldn't say they were even an above average defense. This defense has been dominant, and mm. then you turn around and say you have an offense that has an also an opportunity to be dominant. That's where I think it is a little bit higher than 2016 as well. I'm, I'm going to go back to 07. And the reason I'm going back to 07 because yeah. Terrell Owens was on that team. And sure. that was just a team that you just felt like they were so explosive that they could score. And then the defense was there to match. You know, you had some young hounds on that Cowboys defense in 07. It just felt that year, that year felt like it was our year. It really did. It felt like the stars were aligned. We had the first seeding uh, with the bye. And the hmm. Giants come in and cancel Christmas. Yeah, let's not go back to that, okay? I have trauma. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, trauma. But that's the last time yeah. I could think of a defense that matched when you were saying on both sides of the ball and everything. Like, that was the year that I felt like our defense matched up. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. And, and if you ask others, I mean, some might say it's been since the 90s that the defense has matched up. And oh, yeah. There's been oh, kind of that go that back and forth. I agree with you. I think that 2007 team is probably, at least right now, that's the easiest comparison because that, 20, that 2007 team had an opportunity to do very special things. And the same thing with this, this team right now. But if, they, if this team executes, then they can be carried, carried over and, and compared to the 90s teams and those teams that actually uh, did make it to the mountaintop. And so hopefully the Cowboys keep moving in the right direction. And we'll talk about the Cowboys offense and NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Dak Prescott and company taking on that Cardinals defense that seems to, like the offense does, find a rhythm on the road. And we'll see if they can can keep that from happening and keep their momentum rolling as well. But that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys today. Hope you had some fun with us here over the last 45 minutes or so. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, Thursday, 9 a.m. Central Time from the virtual SWBC Mortgage Studios. For Isaiah Stanback, for Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-